Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Wow! Chris Berman, the Swami, doing an introduction. The king of all anchormen when it comes to sports, synonymous with ESPN. And I shamelessly ran up to him at the Jim Kelly Golf Tournament and said, Hey, Chris, I need you to do a promo for my show. (laughs) Happy to do it, it sounded like. It's oh he was very he's a, he's a great guy, but it's a very strange thing to walk up to um, some other you know celebrity athlete that you've known for years from all these different functions and things and ask them to do something like that. It's weird. It's like mm-hmm. hey, can I borrow twenty bucks? You know what I mean? It's like excuse me. Yeah, what? Uh, and when I went to Warren Sapp, who I've known since he was a rookie in in in, uh, in football, he looked at me and I said, Hey Warren, I'm doing this thing. He goes, Yeah, no. <laughs> and I said, I said, It's just a thing. I just did it with Burma. He goes. Yeah, no. And I thought, does he have a deal with Fox or something? Why, why is he being such a douche that he won't just say, you're listening to it? Okay, but he wouldn't do it. So he's on the hate list now. <sighs> There's a Deadpool out on him. He's going. What do you got today, Paulie? N- nothing. I'm useless today. Useless every day. What? Why is that? What, what happened last night? Was it, You want to talk? Nothing happened last night. Okay, you're worthless I today. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic, thank you. You prefer Anthony? Well, give us your stats, man. Do the introduction. Get it up in the mic. Tell us all about we yourself. We got a new sales guy, Anthony, here, and he's going to sit in on the show today to see what it's uh, what. But he's got a lot of sport. He's got a lot of sports background. He knows more than I do. He's already give done us your credits. Here. Give us your. Don't be shy. Give us. Uh, your I, I do a little play-by-play announcing for uh, Hamilton College um, during, during the school year, obviously, and uh, just a sports fanatic. Besides, you know. All day, every day. And is Hamilton the alma mater? Um, no, Utica College actually is. Utica College. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I like it. So he's going to come in. He's going to get a little uh, his feet wet here on this show. So you're thinking I'm crazy. You're telling me that it's down to four teams. Of course, we're going to continue to report on the LeBron watch because it, it is pretty exciting to think this guy, his presence, even at his age now, immediately changes the outlook of any franchise, anyone, even the last place team. You know, I mean, you have him, and you automatically bought yourself probably 30 more wins this year. I mean, if you're the last place team. So um, the LeBron watch is on, and I have always said since day one that if his ego and winning matters most. And so Paulie came up with, well, who are your four teams? With the four teams we've been saying all along. Lakers, Sixers, Cleveland, Houston. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why two of those teams are gone. All right. Two of those teams are off the list because Philly's terrible showing. I don't believe he wants to go there and say, is my presence going to absolutely guarantee us in the finals? I don't believe his presence, even LeBron, in Philly guarantees they get by Boston, a healthy Boston. I don't believe that. So if he's going to go to somebody in the East, he's going to go because they're going to win the Eastern Conference and be in the finals to put him in a position. So, And does he want to live in Philly? There's another whole can of worms. He's registered two two of his kids already 
to, into school in Los Angeles. He's bought a $23 million mansion. Obviously, things lead us to believe by actions that he's already taken that L.A. is the play. The question is, does LeBron James go in the Western Conference to the Lakers right now with not, not a guarantee of anyone else we know is going to go there? He doesn't win the West at all, even LeBron, if he's with Lonzo and what they have there right now. They'd have to bring George, Kawhi, somebody else with them. And James is not signing with them until behind closed doors someone has guaranteed him that that player is coming or they sign him first. That's why I have all along said Houston is the place where he signs right now. They already have what they need. They took, uh, uh, granted, Anthony pointed out the fact that Golden State did not play their best basketball against Houston, but they took them to seven. For sure they were the the next best team uh, in all the league, I believe. So I've always said if winning matters, then he's going to Houston. If he's going to the Lakers, he's going because two other guys are coming. I mean, they've got something going on out there that we don't know, which they did. They showed us in Miami that you could get Bosch and Wade together in a hotel room and set this whole thing up. I have always said that to end his career and be the, the, the greatest you know of all time, if he went to the Knicks and played in New York in the Garden, who haven't won a title since 73, who haven't been to the playoffs since 99, um, you know, he, if he takes them to the Eastern Conference Finals at the Knicks, he sells four million pairs of LeBron shoes every year for five years. You remember, the, all those endorsement deals where they make the majority of their money, not what they make when they play. The island of Manhattan is 13 miles long and three and a half miles wide and has 14 million people at rush hour on it. So you look at how many shoes are you going to sell? You know, how many things you in Cleveland? It's not a big market. He's a legend, but it's not a big market. He's got to go to Chicago, L.A. Houston is the third largest city in the country. He's got to go to one of those cities. And even then, it's not the New York Knicks. That's the Mecca. So if they ever could make a deal for him to go to the Knicks, my God, I would, that would just be that would be so unbelievable if he played. I still think he's going to Houston. What, uh, Vegas doesn't even have odds on the Knicks right now of him being one of the— They don't, they don't have, like, field for— uh, oh, no. so they got the odds on Yeah, read, they got LeBron, it. Los Angeles at minus 110. Uh, Philadelphia is in second at plus 400. Houston's plus 600. Cleveland's plus 700. Boston, which I still think has a slight chance, is 1,000. Spurs are 1,000. Clippers are 2,500. And Gold State's 3,300. Heat, 3,300. God, you know what's another really, really, like, just screw everybody up move? Is a small wager on the Clippers and they sign George and LeBron, and he goes to L.A., he stays in L.A. where he wants to be, and he plays for the Clippers, where he could run the team, too. He has to run. He's going to want to run. The, he ran Cleveland. He coached it. He did everything. He's going to want to go to a team. You know, I don't know how Jeannie Buss is going to go do well. I mean, that's Dr. Buss's daughter, and I know Jeannie not well, but I knew her, her father. And they're not a push-you-around kind of family. So, but in the Clippers, Sterling's gone. There's a consortium that owns the team now. He'd be the coach too. Why that would be something else? Drop a thousand right now on, on the Clippers at twenty five hundred. I'm not sold. Cleveland's out of it because if they can tra- if they can trade Kevin Love and get maybe a Kawhi or someone out of that Cleveland, to Cleveland. Cleveland, you know, you know what's great about it? Here's a guy that kept his word. He went back to Cleveland. He gave them the title that he promised. He stuck it out again, but he went down 0-4. Had they won one game at home, something from But also, there's the story about how LeBron went to them and said, 
we need to sign, and there was somebody who wanted to sign. I can't think of who the player was, but there was somebody who wanted really bad before the trade deadline, and they said no, and that's when I know he went, bye, bye. He's, they're not going to do front office-wise what he wants. He's going to have a say. He's going to He does it. have a say in Cleveland. He built that team. <laughs> like That's his roster that he lost. He's out. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. He probably is out, but I, I think there's still ways they can keep him in Cleveland. Uh, okay, so when you look at they the can other, give him money so, so and they hang, can hang, hang on a second. if I'm they gonna, can make trades. I want to ask you guys it. all a question. Then let me ask you this question: You're the GM of every every team in the NBA. Every single team you have a say in it. And LeBron James calls you and says, "I want to play for blank." Are you not signing LeBron James if you physically can do it? Yes, that's yeah. Why would you not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, of of course you are. He's the hottest commodity of in the NBA. Of course you're signing him. If he calls you and says, Pop, I want to play in San Antonio. If you sign Kawhi, I, again, that's a viable. When I look at the list, I'm him. I would rather play in San Antonio than I would want to play in, in with uh, uh, the with Philadelphia. They got a center that's played, LaMarcus, who's played up in Portland really well. He's come down there, little slow start. Now he's back, 22 points a game. They've got Kawhi if they resign him. He Listen, ain't coming back. Yeah, but let me tell you something. If there was ever a reason Kawhi would come back, would be because LeBron flies to his house and says, hey, dude, imagine what we can do down here. He signed for three years. San Antonio would have to do a lot of work to get him, like like contract-wise and everything. But, That's but, why the Sixers and Lakers are 1-2 in the Vegas odds, because they're the two teams that got the money under the cap. They can sign him and give him max contract. Right. Well, well. Remember, there's a couple of other things to look at, um, and I've said this all along. When you watch, if this was a an SC, the SEC was regulating the way they did deals, and so I call up Anthony and I go, "Bro, the company that I work for is about to get bought by IBM." I I know this from a meeting. We're like doctoring everything up now to make it look good. It's gonna go through, and you buy stock, and the SEC finds out that I told you that. Listen. There's nothing different than what LeBron did when he went to Miami. He went and met without management and sat down with those two players and said, here's where we're going to win a ring. I want a championship. And they colluded together and then proposed the deal. to Listen, this stuff goes on all the time. If you think the salary cap matters, take a look at John Elway. Do you know what John Elway sold Elway Toyota for five years after he retired? Two hundred and ninety million dollars. He sold his dealership. Just his name's on him. You think he sold any cars there? You think? He, no. It was called John Elway Toyota. And throughout the Southwest, Denver, Arizona, it sprawled out. There was I don't know how many dealerships he sold out. That was part of how they signed him. You think that the Orlando Magic let Shaquille O'Neal go because of the salary cap to the Lakers? No. He got Shazam. He got Shaquille's Deaf Comedy Jam. Bus. Made a deal with Disney and said, "We need this guy. Get him. I can only pay him nineteen million a year, whatever the salary cap was." And so they signed him for a two hundred million dollar entertainment contract. But by the way, we need you to be here in L.A. in order to to fulfill your. So hint, hint, hint. He signs another two hundred million with them, and Disney gets him to come to the Lakers. So there's lots of ways when it comes to L.A. You don't think that LeBron, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did the stupid uh, um, commercial ads, and then he did the, what was that terrible series of uh, animated films he did? Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam. Terrible. Best show ever. Best sports show ever. How dare you. (laughs) Terrifying. Terrifying garbage. But again, again, so, so there's lots of ways around this whole thing. 
the sad thing for San Antonio is although it's the seventh largest city, believe it or not, in the country now, population-wise, it's not a, it's not, it's a big army kind of, uh, you know, blue collar. Um, so there, there's not a lot of huge business opportunities for him there unless they start getting him into oil or some other stuff that he might do. L.A. is the place to go. LeBron's going to be a producer of movies and do stuff like that. That's where he wants to go. If he goes to L.A., though, he's got to play on, <coughs> on the ball unless they get someone else. And he doesn't want to play on the ball anymore. He wants to play off the ball. He wants to, you know, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be the first option all yeah, the time, for yeah, sure. And that's what he's going to be in L.A. if he goes there. That's well, why okay. I think Houston's well, the most is, logical choice. Well, Houston's a place that puts him into the NBA Finals fastest, you know, unless he goes to Golden State. You know, so, I mean, the team that can match up against Golden State next year, provided they stay healthy, you know, they won 67 games, I think, Houston did this last year. That's pretty damn good, 67. Let's go to break. We'll come back, so, uh, and we'll listen to Josh talk as much as he can. Yes. Some of our listeners are sports fans. And then others are sports fans. Sports fans. So relax, you're among friends. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Mets head west to start a series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Steven Matz on the mound tonight for the Amazons. Coverage starts at 9 o'clock on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I'm so excited. It's this time for is the Daniel Baldwin Show. I'm about to lose control and I just can't. Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. The Syracuse Silver Knights have left Syracuse and are now going Who? to Utica. The indoor soccer league, the Syracuse Silver Knights, have picked up and gone to Utica. Well, they'll now be named the Utica City FC. The Utica City FC. FC. I think football club, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Perhaps I'm ignorant, and we have a Utica specialist with us in Anthony mm-hmm. today. What is the population of Utica compared to Syracuse? I mean, Syracuse is far larger, isn't it? Utica's got about 70,000 around. 70,000, and Syracuse has a quarter of a million, maybe? or it's Syracuse is definitely a larger market, but I think they were looking for more <laughs> support uh, by going out to the what is the Adirondack Bank Center, Robert Esch of the Comets. Is, they're working with him and uh, and going to be set up at the odd out there. So they so play at the War Memorial here in Syracuse. So they have a smaller population, but they probably will follow the team more yes. than in Utica? Yeah, Utica probably the... have a more loyal fan base, I would assume. Huh. They do very they do very well with hockey out there, so I think that was part of the move for the Silver Knights. Now, will, is the same said, I don't think this is a so what, because this fascinates me. Well, you would you would argue logically if you're from the outside of this, which I am, mm-hmm. and you would say, well, why would you ever move to one quarter of your population? So I'm guessing that that that, that means Syracuse fans, unless they're really diehard, are not going to travel to Utica to watch them. So you're depending on the seventy thousand that are in Utica, in Utica to follow yeah. the team. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, is Syracuse University, which by far dominates football and and uh, basketball in the Syracuse market, mm-hmm. even more than their professional teams that they have up here. That is the two teams. Sure. So with that said, does Utica travel to come to Syracuse during basketball season to watch Syracuse play? Yes. More, Absolutely. More, they do. Yeah. So it's the draw. Yeah. So you're competing with that market. I think that the Syracuse market is probably tougher for the Silver Knights just because they are up against SU sports. 
here, whereas in Utica, they're kind of a standalone show with them and the Comets. The Comets have fared very well in Utica for that reason. I mean, if you want to go to a, if you want to look to a, a sporting event in Utica, it's kind of, it's hockey. It's Comets, and then it's Pioneers hockey, so... I've been to the Pioneers. I've dropped the puck. Yes, one. you have. Yes, and you have. So, and Anthony will tell you, they're very, very supportive of their live sports out there. Oh, so. yeah. Big, big hockey towns. I mean, Utica, they, they, they live for it. So, I think I Tommy own. Tanner, who owns the Silver Knights, is taking, he's taking a risk by move, picking up the team moving to Utica, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a dangerous one. I think he might see a good turnout. There. Syracuse is very apathetic, too, as a, as a, as a town altogether <laughs> when it comes to doing anything socially. You're mm-hmm. kind of just like, eh. Yeah, Syracuse, like, I don't want to go outside, whereas Utica's, they're very dedicated. Yeah, I've had a a hard time on a few things that I work on here in town rallying people here. It's tough to rally. You'll get some people that see it and really want to do it, but um, from a business standpoint, it's hard to get. And I think it has to do with the the socioeconomics of here right now. You know, it's not like this is Miami and it's flourishing right now. You know, people are a little more careful with what they do. So I get that. But uh, it is. It's hard to rally people here. I think people in Syracuse are also very set in their ways. Like, hey, we go to the Syracuse basketball games. We go to the, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, and we do the same things our parents did, and that's all we're doing. Yeah, there is uh, um, uh, a lot of patterns, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a so what either. I think Anthony would agree that. So that's going to be really good for the Utica market. Good. And hopefully I like good for the team. I'll go out there and see a game. Carson Wentz is still not ready to play football. According to a uh, report yesterday, he has, quote, one last hurdle from a medical standpoint. We don't know what that hurdle is. Do they say? Do ready. they give a date of his return? No. They say uh, it, They said, it's hard to say I need blank to happen to be ready. I think at the end of the day, I just need to be cleared for contact. Well, I'm going to tell you something, and I predicted this before. I said, if there's a guy in the NFL, if there's a guy in pro sports that absolutely proved he deserves to have his team trade him so he can play out the rest of his career as a starting quarterback, it's Nick Foles. So now if I'm the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm saying here's a guy that's the best backup quarterback for sure and probably a starter in about nine other cities. So I'm going to hold on to him because I don't know that my big-time guy – and remember something, that's just for him to get cleared to play – we don't know how he's going to play. We don't know if he re-injures himself, whatever, in which case Nick Foles steps in again. But according to the early projections last year, Wentz was on schedule to probably miss the first three starts, which means full starts. Philadelphia is a really good team. If Philadelphia goes 3-0 and and they substitute Carson Wentz for Nick Foles, man, you're going to have a quarterback controversy down in that city for sure because people have embraced Foles now. With the fake, you know, pass that he did, yeah. and how he took them and cruised them. He's a them hero to the it. town. He is the and the and the go back in history. How many Super Bowl MVPs stayed on the same team without injury the next year and didn't start? Never, never happened before. So he's the Super Bowl MVP, and he's not going to start. Come on, now, that's crazy. So uh, you, you're going to have a big quarterback controversy. Yeah, there. not a so what. I think it's it's a big deal that Carson Wentz is not ready yet. Not a so what. <laughs> Very good. So what or not so what, Anthony? It's definitely not a so what. Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles proved himself tremendous. I mean, more than I would, would have ever thought yeah, he yeah. would have done last year. Mm-hmm. And Wentz, he'll be back. Yeah, I got nothing. But I, right. I, I care about that. What did you do last night? You got about nothing this. all day. I care about that story deeply, but, man, I got nothing. <coughs> what, what, what more can I say? Like, answer hey. the question. What did you do last night? 
You're foggy. Uh, You're foggy. Tell the truth. Where did I do that? Tell the truth. You were at the strip club? No, I did the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That I was five hours. Is that code for I, something? I, I right. Yeah, know. that is code. No, what I did, did I do? I did the dishes. I, uh, what was his name? Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Tell it. Say I it. did the dishes and uh, Tommy I cleaned dishes? the kitchen yeah. a little uh-huh. bit. I had uh, my friend Frank dishes. Yeah, <laughs> I made teriyaki chicken. All right, I'm bored by How you. How was it? Yeah, I'm it was so delicious. Bored. So Three days before the NFL draft, Patriots were allegedly making calls about trading Gronkowski. I read this thing about how close it came to them trading Gronkowski. You know, the, the Patriots are forever changed over this Brady situation when they wanted to trade. San Francisco called to ask about Brady. And then they turned around and Brady went to Kraft and behind uh, Belichick's back and said, I don't want to leave. So so for the first time, supposedly, Kraft overrode what Belichick wanted. Belichick wanted Garoppolo. He wanted yes. Garoppolo. He wanted him to stay. He was their future. And they traded away against the coach's wishes. That's never been done before. They've always pretty much Kraft has stayed out of, uh, out of Belichick's way because he knows football operations better. That started spawned the whole Brady's trainer couldn't come on the planes Brady's mm-hmm. because because Belichick was trying to make Brady uncomfortable. I'm surprised, honestly, I am. I'm surprised Tom Brady stayed there. I think that he's another guy who, at the end of his career now, he's got nothing to prove there. I would have gone to the Rams. I would have gone someplace where he wants to live with his wife, and I would. I would have got out of there. I think it's going to be a really interesting year. But Gronkowski antagonized Belichick in the offseason. Right after the Super Bowl, he started at him. Tweeting stuff, not showing up for things, making comments, I'm going to retire, I'm going to the WWE, I'm going to play in the in the new XFL. You know, so he, you know, those types of cancers, when you're in a system like Belichick, Belichick is a, is a, um, uh, a Parcells military kind of mindset. You know what I mean? They don't want guys like that around. I'll tell you what's happening in New England right now. They're going to set themselves back immensely, and Belichick's going to leave as soon as Brady leaves now uh, because they're not doing anything for the future. Yeah, they're not. Everything right now is in the here and now, and yes, they've been on a great run, but they're not looking ahead, and Belichick has been trying to look ahead and say, hey, you know what? we got a great backup quarterback. Let's move on. You know, you you let, bring you bring up a really we, valid point and support what I'm saying. Belichick is a guy that wants to know how you win again in the next five Super Bowls. These guys are trying to quick fix things. This is like one of those trade deadline moves where you need one more pitcher, lefty coming out of the pen, mm-hmm. find him. You know, so th- that that's not how you build a franchise. And when they traded Garofalo, that that should have told Belichick right then and there. Now Kraft is willing to step in. Who can, it has to be in the front office a numbers financial equation versus success. It has nothing to do with personalities. If you start worrying about whether or not, and it's sad to say, but it's a business. So for New England, anything short of going to the AFC Finals is a terrible season now with what you've grown to expect up there. And and there's going to be some, listen, not because we're up here or whatever, look out for the Buffalo Bills. Look out. They're going to be really, really, really good this year. I really think they're going to be that good. They've had a couple of years to mature on defense, and this kid is a gunslinger, this kid from Wyoming. I watched some of the um, footage when I was at Kelly's. They had some great tape that I could watch him. Kelly goes, I got to tell you, he can really chuck it. I mean, like he can sizzle the ball. And in the wind and the cold up there, he may be a season or two away. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl this year, but they're not going to only win six games, that's for sure. On this date in 1998, Michael Jordan won his sixth NBA title, making it the record 
six NBA titles for Michael Jordan. Yeah, okay. And then so, finally, is quickly. That Hold on. Yeah, on this date, June 14, 1998. Is six a record for NBA titles? Yeah, what's Russell won? What did Robert Rory win? Russell has 11. Uh, Rory, he has seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rory has seven. Yeah. Russell has 11. You're a fountain of misinformation. It says right here, won his sixth title and a record sixth NBA finals. Oh. <laughs> MVP? MVP. MVP. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. There we read go. the next okay. line. And finally, uh, <laughs> sportingnews.com has come out with the NCAA football coaches ranking, the best coaches before the season even starts. Dino Babers falls at number 81. I was going to ask you guys, do you think you know the top three, top five? Who would you put uh, in there? Well, of course, Alabama quarterback Nick Saban is number one. See, I think Dabo is uh, a I'm better gonna coach. I'm going to say Dabo Sweeney is probably number two. And then number three is a toss-up between a few. Uh, I'm going to say that number three is uh, Ohio State University's uh, um, 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 Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. See, I would put That's him my one. ranking. Daniel's exactly right. Thank you. Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer. Those See, I would have gone Thank Urban you. Dabo. And you would have been Saban. incorrect and wrong again to the great one. No, no. I'm smarter than everybody else. So. <laughs> number four, Jimbo Fisher. Number five, Kirby Smart. Yeah. Where's Jim Harbaugh? Jim Number Har 26. Jim Harbaugh is, hold on, I need to go through this because uh, 11. 11. He's 11. Give us the whole top 10. We got nothing but time to kill right, here. All right, quickly. <laughs> need to go to break. David Shaw, number 10, Stanford. Mark Dantonio Don in Michigan State. I don't know the guy's yes. name. Close enough. All right. Gary Patterson at TCU. Chris Peterson in Washington. Mark Wright at Miami. And then Kirby Smart. Who's better than Urban Meyer? That's an honest question right now. Well, you can't take away from Nick Saban. He's, yeah. he's played for the national title game seven out of the last eight years or something. I mean, how do you deny can't that? Past Saban. No. I think Urban Meyer's a better coach. That's my you know, that's my hot take. Over, huh? They got D'Antonio over yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah. Listen, I've always said this. I've always said this. Um, um, if you were to take Tom Brady, and when he came out of the league and made him the coach of the New York Jets all these years, would he still have been the greatest quarterback ever? Now, I guarantee he wouldn't have gone to that many Super Bowls. But is he's? I'm not taking anything away from his play. He's a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. And and a surprise, because when he came out of Michigan, I thought he stunk. But 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 how much of it is Belichick, the system, the surrounding guys that he had? Now, what would Testaverde have done after he won the Heisman had he coached in New England that whole time? Would he have won five Super Bowls? He probably would have been in it five times at least, you know, I mean, because he was a pretty good quarterback. But he played at Tampa Bay. You know, he got his brains beat in with less than a second and a half the less time to throw a ball than most most quarterbacks in the NFL. The same thing will be said about about this coaching kind of thing. How good a coach is this coach if he coaches you know, some some middle school? You know, so that's why I say you know who's back in the game this year, Steve Spurrier, and Steve Spurrier is one of the greatest college coaches ever. You know why? He went from winning national titles at Florida. And then he went to South Carolina, who was in dead last place in the SEC, and he made them a nine-win bowl season, bowl game team, like nine years in a row. I mean, at South Carolina, who's a stepchild four times removed from Florida, Florida State, Miami. I mean, in that pool down there, 
a bunch of schools, Tennessee, they get those players. So he had to develop those kids unless they were from the state of South Carolina, which is a small state. And yet he took them to bowl games, I think, almost every year he was there. So those are the coaches when I watch them play, when I watch the teams, and I go, wow, that guy, what would he do at Alabama? What if he had Alabama's money and Alabama's recruiting staff? You know, what would he have done? Would he have won nine national titles? Tough to win in a place that, you know, that that's fifth place every year in their division. I just look at it out of the top three of the places. Those are all pretty easy places to win, too. You know, Ohio State. Well, you when know, you walk around you in know, a state. You can interchange any three of those coaches at any school, at any one of those schools, and they probably would have done the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, these, these are successful college football coaches that if they went, if you took Urban Meyer right now and brought him to Wyoming, Wyoming would win nine games a season within two years. He would just make them yeah, that good. recruiting alone. Would of course. But when you get to walk in a door and you say, when you're Bobby Knight coaching at Indiana, there isn't a kid in the state of Indiana or the fringing hundred miles within Illinois and Ohio that when Bobby Knight walks in and goes, we really want you, kid, you don't go, oh, my God, Bobby Knight's in my living room. You know, you you want to play for that. You, if Nick Saban shows up at your door, what's that movie uh, um, um, uh, with the, the lineman from uh, – the the Ravens that was adopted, um, the the uh, the Blindside. Blindside, that great series of when the kid, the young brother, is negotiating with the co- with the with the college coaches. We're going to let you run out on the field. We're going to, but you know what? Nick Saban shows up at your door. Now Spurrier recruited a kid whose family. I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is one of the greatest things I ever saw in my life. He was the Florida coach. I knew Spurrier from playing in the Celebrity Golf Tour. And this kid's name was uh, Sablehouse, um, Bobby Sablehouse, who we wrote every record throwing, but he was a Bernie Kosar sidearm thrower, but he wrote every record in Maryland. So Spurrier calls me and says, is it true that you live next door to the Sablehouse? And I went, yes. He goes, the mother just told me the story that you live there. I want this kid. I want him. And I went, great. Well, you know, I'm... You know, I've told him that you're a great coach and you're a friend of mine. Well, he goes, okay, great. So they bring Sablehouse down for his trip. His parents come. He gets to see the university. He goes around with some of the guys. He goes out that night. The next night's the dinner. Steve and his wife, they take this kid. And this kid is the future of Florida football if they sign him. Everyone wants this kid. But he did something that will forever, ever, ever, ever be the greatest thing of all time in recruiting. He turns around and they're having, they go back to his house and they're having tea and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Bobby. And Steve talks like this. He says, I want to show you something, son. And he turns around, he puts his arm around this six foot five kid and he starts to walk towards his office and he pulls, the office is pitch black, big, big office. And he slides the door sideways and in his pocket, he reaches in like you open your car and hits a small little device. And four laser lights beam up from the floor and hit a glass cube with Steve Spurrier's 1963 Heisman Trophy that he won when he played. And he turned and you just see the kid get erect. He's looking at this trophy, and there it is, the bronze statue with the hand out in the Heisman pose. And he goes, one day we're going to get you one of them, Bobby. The kid signed the contract before he left the house. Oh. He had a Heisman Trophy the that kid- he won. One day we're going to get you one of them, Bobby. I was frozen on the kid got erect. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's take a break, boys. <laughs> we'll come back. It's ESPN Radio. I've seen a lot of things. But... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Did you miss the Daniel Baldwin show? The CDC has released something called the Morbidity and Mortality Report that says more than 27,000 people reported sickness and eight people died due to pathogens that cannot be killed by pool chemicals. So that's nothing. You're not bothered by that? No, no. Over 14 years? Eight people died? There is a, an acceptable casualty rate. The Daniel Baldwin <laughs> Show, 10 to 11 mornings on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The home of the Giants. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Oh, hey, I got to turn my mic on. There he is. Wow. I'm very confused. Oh, no mic. Caller 5 right now. You could win a UPS happy hour party from UPS, actually. And it's at Shaughnessy's Pub in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. This month's party's June 22nd. So call now, 437-7644. We'll register your office. You get free booze, free food from Shaughnessy's. Our friends at UPS put it on for us. It's a good time. You get to hang out with Daniel Baldwin. Wow. You know what? You I'm lucky went... every day of my life. You could be lucky one day of yours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just want to come down. You want to be with the, the people that you work with without the pressure of having to answer the phone and do your job and everything. So you get to come down. You get a gift card that gets you a bunch of booze and some appetizers. We hang out. We shoot it a little bit. We talk sports. Yeah. You know what? We'll talk about anything. Talk no. ladies, talk men, whatever you want to talk about. We're yeah, experts. All, yeah, all Polly's expertise. You can lay down. We'll bring a couch. You can lay down and talk to Polly. Four three seven seven six four four is the number. It's funny. Uh, you were talking Baltimore last break. You're talking about Sable House and whatnot. And I was reading that story on him and Baltimore Orioles have. This is the worst record in Major League history right now, right? I mean, not history, but this this baseball. Year. Yeah, nineteen and forty seven. This Chris Davis kid is falling apart. He's batting 150 to the point where this bar, this this it's a called the uh, Pub 2218, is offering free shots if Chris Davis gets a hit. That's how poorly he is playing right now. How does a guy like that fall apart? You're a first baseman on a major league baseball team. What's going on? He's never been an average hitter. I mean, he's he's he hits bombs. He's not doing either this year, but I mean, he's never been I mean, he's had seasons he's batted in the 100s before, so it's you What's know. interesting to me is like the they're so they're interviewing this is out of the Baltimore Sun. They're interviewing businesses in Baltimore and they're saying the Orioles are so bad that it's affecting their business. Nobody wants to watch the games. They don't want to come out and see it. Yeah, that's a that's a problem for um, um, a major league franchise or, or any kind of major league sport. You know, the answer to to it is, if you don't fill the stadium and you're not selling TV rights, then that's when you have to spend more money so that you can you can bring the fans back to the to the stadium. But you know, in Baltimore, if if they're not selling enough tickets, mm-hmm. but if they're still selling enough tickets because they're one of the only acts in town. Um, Baltimore does not have a professional basketball team. The Wizards are up north in Washington. They do have a football team, um, uh, and they do have a baseball team. So they're they're not really competing too much. Yeah. You no, know, near the end of the baseball season, where they compete a little bit with football. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I think it comes down to when enough people stop coming, then they're going to have to spend more money to bring them back. They're paying $23 million a year to this guy. He's got four years left on his current contract, and he's doing nothing for him. He's doing nothing. Sometimes you buy a car, it's a lemon, my yeah, friend. I guess you so, know? man. You know, that's that that's that hit or miss of a, a big, you know, Dave Kingman comes to mind. He was a guy who the Mets traded for, and he called himself Dave I'll Hit 50 Kingman because he predicted he would hit 50 home runs. I don't know that he ever hit. I think he hit in the high 40s a couple times, but I don't think he ever hit 50. Wow. But, you know, 50 was the benchmark. You know, if you could hit 50 home runs, you were superhuman. And um, uh, he never did that. But he struck out mm-hmm. about every other time he got up the bat. I would he, imagine that has a mental toll on you. Like this Chris Davis kid. Kid, he's 32, but he he's out there, not playing well. Everyone's noting how bad he's playing. And then he gets up to bat. It's got to be just a mental battle. Yeah, I imagine that, uh, you know, they say that hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in all sports. A ball coming at you at almost 100 miles an hour that's moving and spinning and, and changing direction and so on. So it's really, really hard, hard thing to do. When you're in this guy's position... You're not really worried whether his on percentage is 350, 300. You want him to hit 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. So if he hits 40 home runs and strikes out 200 times, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. You just got to hit the 40 home runs. Yeah. So what he's not doing now is hitting the dingers, and his batting average is about what he does. He's a strikeout guy. He's not a good hitter. He's a home run hitter. $23 million a year. You better be doing something. You better start knocking out of the park. He batted 215 last year. He's a lifetime... 241 hitter. He's never been an average hitter, but he's just... How many bombs has he hit, though? Oh, yeah. He's had years he's hit over 50. He's, he's right. led the uh, the league in home runs twice. So Right. So, And what's his home run production this year? Uh, Four. Right. So there's the problem. Like I said, when you set up your lineup, your first two batters, you want them on base. Because your third and fourth batter, your third batter is probably a good average with power. Your fourth batter is a power hitter. And your fifth batter, you don't care if he strikes out 200 times a year as long as he hits 40 home runs. If he hits 40 home runs, he's worth the money. Mm-hmm. Because when your number four guy misses it, your number five guy's got to come in and bop one. You know, and that and that gives you, if, if you know, of those 40 times he does it, there's two guys on base... Well, you just you just you're a hundred RBI guy. You know, you're, worth, you're worth your paycheck. Yeah, yeah. you're you're worth twenty three mil. Let's let them clean the bases. When you only hit four home runs, and we're coming up on you know a third over a third of the way through the season, that means he's on pace to hit twelve. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the question is, is this that's a half a million? That, no, wait, the twelve home runs is two million a homer. <laughs> two million each. Yep. Fan, two million a homer. If this bar, if he goes five for five, yeah. they're screwed. They're screwed. Right? Well, it'll be a, how busy it is. It'll be a night right. that they're busy, and then yeah, like, uh, he goes five for five, and they just gave away 10,000 well, free booths. The, the bar might be really busy because no one's at Camden Yards right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly so. right. <laughs> There's a lot of people at that bar. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> hey, now. And we're back. Uh, that was the most inappropriate conversation we've that ever was had. Just in a break. terrifying. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was the most inappropriate. Huh? Yeah, that's right. It was right up there. <laughs> Chinook. Never mind. Um, so <laughs> I, I held it. I held it. Uh, so we're going to make our picks right now for the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills, where I've played a few times. Every time and, uh, I hear that, I'm going to laugh I gotta, like a kid. I got a like a little baby. Um, I have to tell you that this course, when they say exactly what they said, which is it's going to dry up and the weather's going to be good, this is not one of those where the sun comes out and the wind dies down. This is out in the east end of Long Island. So you're, you know, of the 120 miles long that Long Island has, and the southern tier, which is windier than the northern portion, which borders 
Um, um, but the, the the sound. So it blows at Shinnecock? <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? Is it a tough course? Is it? Is it a monster? Is a Shinnecock a monster course? <laughs> It's a it real is. beast. It's a it real is. beast. <laughs> it is. It's a dog leg, to say the it's least. It's a real big. It's a um, startling. It is. It is. It is frightening. Did you hear my brother Alec on Howard Stern yesterday? Oh, boy. Yeah. There you go. Speaking we can talk of, about yeah, yes. well done. Congratulations. dog legs. Uh. Um, uh, so, so this is a course where the wind blows. I mean, I kid you not. You can play on one day a seven iron uh, and and with with relatively light wind to reach a hole, and the next day have to play a two iron. I mean, you know, five club difference in wind sometimes. It's is it just, is it right on the sound there? Or the, no, it's on the Atlantic Ocean. Atlantic it's Ocean? on the southern portion mm-hmm. of uh, Long Island, about a hundred miles out into the ocean. So, uh, yeah, it's it can get really windy out there. So look for. Uh, I'm going to say. So you're taking. I am taking Ricky Fowler for Ricky, the win. Ricky Fowler for the win, and you, Phil Mickelson. Whoa, twenty five to one. Wow, Dust, I'm, I'm going to take Jordan Spieth at eighteen to one, uh, and I'm going to predict that, believe it or not, in four rounds, four under or less is going to win the tournament. D- Dustin Johnson and Justin Rose are the uh, the two favorites with Rory McIlroy. I do like uh, Rory though. I do 14, like Rory. Fourteen to one, Rory. Justin Rose twelve to one. Dustin Johnson nine to one. I'm taking Spieth in the win. Do you say Mickelson? This is his farewell tour. This is this is it. Well, well he's, he's run around how many times? But I mean, he's in, in his late forties. He's trying to get the Grand Slam, and he hasn't had it yet. Yeah, career slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see it. I don't think he's a great wind player anyway. Um, so he's not doing well driving wise. He could get the slam at Shinnecock. Is yes, that what you're could, saying? He could <laughs> slam it. He could get the slam at Shinnecock. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what is wrong with you people? Okay. Let's get out of here. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. This. Hey, don't forget. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, yes. Cam's Pizzeria, the U.S. Department of Health, and Rudy's Lakeside Drive-In. Love them so, all. We're gonna have uh, a, a, uh, a Galaxy Golf outing. Yes, You've I've got that go- plan. Oh, we are. I've got, I've got, I've got us, I've got us uh, free. Well, we got to get Tony and Cam's and those guys involved. Yes. Those guys are in. Oh, like we're like we're just yeah, gonna go play golf. I've got golf? our show as us bros going to golf for free. So we're going. You guys, I'll, I'll let you know. Go, I've, go I've, I've, I've got yeah. going Shinnecock. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> All right, we're going CSPN big. Radio. We're going Shinnecock. <laughs>